0: Hello, this is Yara Starek and welcome to the Entrepreneurs Journey Podcast. Today's guest is Mariana Fotticelli. Hi there, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to another Entrepreneur's Journey podcast episode. Today's guest is Mariana from Brisbane, my hometown. Now, I have to forgive my, myself and Mariana for uh, having a bit of a Brisbane fest in several parts of this interview. Uh, it's always a bit of a nostalgia trip for me to talk to a fellow blogger who lives in my hometown. But I do recommend you stay put and listen to the entire interview as Mariana shares her very rapid success story, in particular using Instagram. Instagram. Instagram is a very hot marketing tool right now. So if you want to know how to add Instagram to your business or potentially use it as the key traffic source for your new business, your new blog, this is definitely an interview to listen to. Also, make sure you go to interviewsclub.com and enter your email address to subscribe to my EJ Podcast newsletter. That means I'll send you every new interview of the EJ Podcast I release as soon as it's published, so you get it first, and you'll also get a series of my very best interviews that I've ever done, so you'll always have fresh inspiration, fresh stories from other entrepreneurs and bloggers. That's interviewsclub.com. For now, let's dive into the interview with Mariana. Hello, this is Jaros Stark and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. And I'm looking forward to today's guest because she is from Brisbane and she runs a blog. I'm from Brisbane and I run a blog, so we have a lot in common. Uh, although my guest today, whose name is, I've been practicing this, Mariana Fattacholi, and Mariana uh, runs a food blog called... Skinny Kitchen, with skinnykitchen.com.au as the website address, so it's obviously Australian <laughs> focused, but let's let's find out all about this. First of all, uh, Mariana, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited.
0: So we were just talking about your name for a moment there. Now, it sounds extremely Italian to me. Uh, yes. are, you, are you telling me you're not Italian, though?
1: No, I'm South American, so it's just my ancestors migrated from Europe um, over to South America and landed in Peru, fell in love, and reproduced and that's (laughs) and then um (laughs) and then in 1990 my parents um came over from south america because they just weren't in well it it's still not in the best shape um and so they just wanted a better future for us and we moved over with just um us and a couple of thousand dollars in our pockets, and and here we are
0: (sighs) Did you choose Brisbane first? It's not usually the first people's choice for Australia, but I'm, I'm always happy no, when it is. Not.
1: So. Well, okay. So I've asked my parents this question as well because it just seems like Sydney is a logical place to go. Um, but they said that there were there were a lot of um, Hispanics over there, um, and they did want to go. Except my mum feels a cold a lot, um, and just for medical reasons, we came to Brisbane because it's ridiculous hot.
0: So, <laughs> yes, <it laughs> sure right. is. It's kind of the reason why I've left Brisbane at the moment. It's getting too hot for oh, really? my liking. Yeah. Um, I should probably get us back on topic though and, and cool. explain why you're here. So, yes. Skinny Kitchen is a, a food blog that Mariana started and had a, a very successful first year. So, she's known well, for two things the, the blog itself, which um, Mariana told me she made a hundred thousand, almost a hundred thousand in her first year of blogging. And her Instagram following is I- impressive as well. Now, just to get the numbers right on this, your Instagram following, as we talk, is mm-hmm. over 370,000 people, and within the first six months, you got straight to 100,000, which uh-huh. I-, I got about 800 on Instagram, so I'm yeah. not doing something right on Instagram. I sort of stick to blogging and podcasting, I think, but... um. I enjoy it, but it's clearly a big traffic channel for you, so I'd love to talk about how you started your blog, how you made 100000 in your first year, how you did Instagram. Mm-hmm. But before we cover all of that, mm-hmm. um, can we go back in time? Now, you're not that old, but you've obviously grown up um, in, I'd like to say it's an entrepreneurial city, but Brisbane's not necessarily that entrepreneurial. But you've, you've grown up in a country where you have opportunities to do your own thing. So did you have any other businesses in your uh, brief history before the current one?
1: Um, kind of um, <laughs> I half asked them so I, I wouldn't really label them businesses, they were just fun things to do in my spare time that would make me money <laughs> um, I think what mostly impacted this journey is that my mother is into, is entrepreneurial and we just come from a long line of entrepreneurial women who just don't want to be in jobs and told what to do <laughs> right.
0: what did your mum do? Um,
1: so she, at the moment, she has three businesses. She has a sewing school, which has been running for about 17 years, um, a clothing alteration store um, that's been running for about eight years, and um, a pattern-making business for, like, small to medium um, designers within Australia.
2: Okay. So it's fashion-related.
1: fashion, it's fashion related. So my background is actually in fashion, um, and I've worked in her businesses and saw her build it from an idea to to what they are now um and so well pretty much all of my inspiration and my journey has been because of her um seeing how you know she brought ideas to you know fruition um but also the way that I'm running my business now is I'm trying to make it um I've built it from the very first day I just knew that I didn't want to be working in it um how do you say it where where you just what's the word you know when you're when you're (laughs) working in it every single day until you die um, Uh, right I just want to like systemize it so I can um eventually not have to work on the business but I can work I mean in the business but I can work on the business mm -hmm. so I can be the one who makes all the decisions while there are other people working you know nine to five to make it happen
0: which is Um, what you probably saw your mom do right with her businesses
1: yeah and so I would see her when I was younger. I'd see her you know wake up at six am work all the way through to the next day at one am and just wow. wear herself out and and raise kids at the same time and cook and clean. I have no idea how she does how she did it, but I'm definitely don't want to replicate it
0: right impressive so yeah. uh, the the experience you had the early days of playing around with ideas was it all online or were you just sort of you know playing with eBay or playing with Um, an Etsy store or something like that?
1: So I studied fashion and when I first started my first little business, um, it was just producing um, like cute little clothes, which I would sell at the markets, um, which went quite well. And I only did that for about six months, but I at the time was overworking and I I just didn't have enough time to do it. So I just thought I'd leave it until I pick it up later on. Um, after I finished studying, I started a blog, a fashion blog, and that got quite popular really quickly. Um, but I didn't How have, come? um, you know what, I think it's the partnerships and the connections and the networking that I did, um, cause I did it quite early on. And so I only did it for about six months. Um, and I think it was a, just a different idea from what was out there. So normally fashion blogs are like, this is what I'm wearing today, and this is what what brands I'm I'm constantly using, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas mine was more of an intellectual approach to fashion, and for example, why hemlines this season have gone from ankles to over the knee, and it's it, it's um it's very intellectual because it's the way that trends are forecasted. They mm-hmm. use what's happening in the global economy. Um, you know, with all different environmental factors and financials, all that to sort of, you know, eventually have like a visual of this is what fashion is, what's happening in fashion.
0: Wow, that that sounds like almost like an economic study to find out what people are going to be wearing next.
1: Well, there are massive companies that are doing this um, and make tons and tons of money. And so big designers are usually looking to those companies as to what forecasts are coming and use them as like starting off points for the next collections. And so, they're usually doing collections a year, a year and a half in advance. Um, anyways, very nerdy. <laughs>
2: yeah, from
0: a fashion point of view, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, um, so I started a fashion blog and it was just a very different concept. Um, but obviously, bringing it to like modern day terms. And I think it's just because I did the net, like, networking with the right PR companies. And so they were also it was when sort of um blogging was starting to you know be on the up and up in about 2008 2009 um, where people were understanding that blogs were i guess or bloggers were the way to go in terms of marketing because you'd get you can sell your product through an authentic voice mm. um that people are following and are really engaged with whereas for example TV you're just staring at a screen and you're completely blank. Your mind's not even working. And so if you're reading a blog or you're following a person, for example, Kim Kardashian, and you're really engaged with that person, all of a sudden when they say, oh, I use this this hairspray or I've been wearing this perfume, you know, it, it triggers something inside of you because you have that emotional connection to that um, person or brand or whoever it is that you... You know, at least are incentivized to maybe think about it or buy it and it's I guess it's just another opportunity for brands to create a user experience right from the very beginning where they have a platform to um I guess to engage with the customer. Mm. Yeah.
0: So Okay, so you've had this success with the fashion blog and it sounds like, you know, you know what you're talking about and, and there mm-hmm. was a whole world of possibility there, but only six months. What happened? Why did you stop?
1: Uh, I burnt out. So, I I was overworking um, and I was still finishing studying. Um, there was just a lot of things going on <laughs> Okay, me. so it was the and first I one I had to go. I well I wasn't I wasn't very focused at all um, just because I get very excited about lots of things um, And so it's just been a very big entrepreneurial journey for me and to realize you know who I am and how I function and the best way to manage how I function because it's not always the most organized I'm not a very disciplined person. Um, but there is a side of me that if I can just, Lay out guidelines for myself, then I am able to focus my energy and my passion, and just drive it and have massive success.
0: So it sounds like you kind of discovered that on the flip side of burnout, right? You discovered what what you work best, what sort of business you need to have. So did that uh, again? You went? Str- did you go straight to blogging mm-hmm. again? Was that the transition, or was there something in between the fashion blog and the current food blog?
1: Uh, well. There wasn't really. Um, my plan at that point in time was um, I'd finished my studies with fashion and I wanted to do my master's in fashion in Italy. And so at that point in time, I just thought, okay, well, I need to make money. Um, and so I started working full-time um, and saving as much as I could. And my I guess the dream for me at that point in time was to be a fashion editor for you know, one of the bigger magazines, Vogue, um, Harper's Bazaar. And I sort of created a path in my mind of, this is how I'm going to get there, um, and so whilst I was working full time, I was also using my annual leave to go and do internships in Sydney with Harper's Bazaar and other magazines. And um, in one of those times, I just I had I was only there for two weeks, and when I went in, I was just a normal, I guess, intern. And within three days, I ended up being, I guess, the manager of all the interns who had been there longer than me, um, I guess just because I was, uh, I just had a better idea of how things should function and, um, and the, the person above us just wouldn't be around too much to help out. Um, mm-hmm. So I just stepped up in my first three days. Um, and by the beginning of the following week, I was organizing diaries for the stylists who would come and go. Um, and by the end of that week, I was going to their appointments and doing styling sessions. And um, I just thought, if I can do this in two weeks, what could I do if I had absolutely no limits? And by that, I mean someone above me saying, you know, just saying, you know, this is what I – this is my role and what I need to do. is in when you're in a job and you have a job description – a lot of companies don't allow you to go outside of that because they have a system, which I respect. Um, but I'm very much creative and I don't like to have those limits. And so I just thought, well, what if I did something for myself, how would that go? And what would my future look like?
0: So you left the internship.
1: So I left the internship thinking, I think that there's more out there for me. Um, and my mind is just always going and I always have all these great ideas, all these business ideas and things that I think should be done better. And someone needs to go out and do that. And so, um, by this time I'd probably I had been like on my health journey for about three years. So this is something that we'll probably go back to. So I got sick, um, while I was studying. Is this part of the burnout? Uh, no, it should have been, it should have been a good indication that I needed to take care of myself, but I just didn't get it. I just keep going. Um, but at this point in time, I was three years into my, my health journey and, um, I had just realized that it was frustrating and it health, being healthy just felt like a burden only because you go online and there's lots and lots of information about, um, what health is and what it should be and all these diets and everything, but it just gets so overwhelming. Um, and all these different, like there's lots of great bloggers and authors who are creating these amazing recipes. But me, well, my experience was, you know, I'd find one recipe by one blogger, another recipe by another blogger, more information on certain topics. And I'll just have lots and lots of tabs open, many windows open. And I just thought I must not be the only person who's doing this. Um, And aside from that as well, every time I'd go to buy health foods, I'd need to go to one store for my flowers, another store for um, maybe superfoods, and another store for something else, and then the gym supplement store for my protein. And so I think, so at that point in time, I just realized that it's just too hard and it'd be awesome to have everything all in one place. Um, originally Skinny Kitchen was just meant to be a recipe, like a big recipe database from lots of contributors all over the world. Um, but I ended up getting a government grant, which required me to be able to monetize the business from day one. So I thought, well, if that's the case, so why don't I just have an online store and it can definitely be like an all one-stop shop.
0: What was the, uh, the grant?
1: Uh, it's nice. Uh, it's called <laughs> okay. New Enterprise Incentive Scheme.
0: I was on that too. <laughs>
1: oh, you were? <laughs> yeah, awesome. um,
0: A long time ago, I was on that. Not with my blog, though. I had a, a proofreading company prior to my blog, and yeah, it was good. It was basically getting paid to run your business, which I assume yeah. is th- still the same thing, right?
1: It's exactly the same thing. So I just needed the startup cost for my business. I only had about $3,000 saved up, um, and... Yeah, and so well the and one requirement to get into that is um, that you need to be on Centrelink. And so I don't think many people know this part of my story, but I was Just before actually
0: you – one second, Maria. Before you Go keep on. going, for those not from Australia, Centrelink is unemployment benefits. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah. um, and I have to say that was the one requirement I hated about the mm-hmm. the system because I, I never had a job and I never wanted to look for a job. And the idea of going for unemployment benefits was sort of counterintuitive to <laughs> the whole entrepreneurial desire, right? So, yes. But you have yes, to definitely. do it to get onto the program, right?
1: Most bit. definitely. Sorry. And so when I No, no you know right. And so when I heard about it, I just thought, well, it sounds like a great thing to do, but yeah, exactly the same. I just did not want to go and send a link. I just felt like it was killing it was going to kill my soul. Yeah. Anyways, so um but you did. I did. So I got fired for the first time in my life, and it was horrible at the time, but it was the biggest blessing in disguise because if I hadn't been fired I'm I'm stubborn, and so I would have just stayed in that job, which I hated, anyways. Um, what was that job? So I used to work for Mercedes. And okay,
0: I'm getting confused. There's a lot of interns and and uh, a lot of jobs and different things. over. <laughs> You're doing a no. lot of things at once. I'm assuming.
1: I always do a lot of things at right. once. <laughs> so I, this was when I was saving to go overseas and do my, my uh, master's in fashion
2: in Italy. Um, gotcha. So
1: my yeah, so my full time job was at Mercedes, um, and I switched from one Mercedes to a different one just because I wanted a job with more responsibility and more pay. Um, And yeah, that was a catalyst for me just going full tilt, um, on my dreams, I guess. And yeah, because otherwise I was just doing it like at nighttime. So I was, you know, researching websites and doing some marketing research, um, learning about branding. And so nothing of what I'm doing is my industry at all. I've just had to learn it from scratch.
0: All right. Let me, let me just collect everything. So. I'm okay. up, up to scratch. So <laughs> your your family, your parents are immigrants from uh, South America, Peru. Uh, so you've got that background with an Italian family name and then you watched your mom do these businesses. You've then gone to university, she because your mom was in fashion, so you obviously cared about fashion too and mm-hmm. You went to university, did a fashion degree. Meanwhile, you're also working, no doubt, several jobs and all kinds of different things. Then yeah. you start your fashion blog. You're doing too much. You burn out. I'm assuming you're in your early twenties for all of this as well, still. Yes. And then you um, decide after the internship, and you get this realization, you want to have complete freedom. You still have the Mercedes job, right? At that point, I'm, I'm assuming were you doing an internship at the same time you're doing Mercedes? or was that that came after the internship?
1: No, 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 same
0: time. Okay, it's so all the same time. So you really do everything yeah. at the same time. So then yeah. you get fired from Mercedes and yeah. you get accepted into Nice around the same time the employment uh, government grant. So you're yeah. you're being told now you have to work on your your business full time and we're going to support you a little bit with some money mm-hmm. and some mentoring. Mm-hmm. And at that stage you'd only just started the skinnykitchen.com.au blog initially as a recipe database. But now you decided I have to sell something to make money to meet the criteria for this grant because they want you to show income with the grant. I yes. remember that myself. What, how old were you then at that point? Where are we at now?
1: Uh, Twenty six.
0: Okay, and, and so that was not too long ago. I'm assuming so. That this is your first. This is your first <laughs> Two year years business. Ago. Okay, so that was your first year of business then. For the, for the current yeah. blog, all right. So let's yeah. dive into that first year of Skinny Kitchen. Cool. How, how did it, okay. So can I just clarify one thing? Because everyone always wants to know this. Do you <laughs> do everything yourself? Like, did you, you know, register a domain name, set up the hosting, choose a theme for your blog? Are you on WordPress? You know, how did you pick the name? All these sorts of technical things.
1: So yes, everything, which is probably not helpful to everyone who's listening.
0: Well, we um, all start there.
1: Yeah, exactly. However, if I was to do it all over again, I would go on Odesk, which is now called Upworks, um, and I would have had people set it up for me, so I would have done it faster, and it wouldn't have been such a headache. But yeah, so I, because I had my previous blog, the fashion one, I did have a lot of experience in um, getting a domain, getting a theme, setting it up by myself, Um, and so the old blog was on WordPress, and the new one is on WordPress as well. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I guess I go, I literally googled everything, and that's how I learned.
0: <laughs> Did you um, write all the content yourself as well?
1: Uh, so far, I do. Uh, um, I think it's something I should be outsourcing now, only because it's there. Are, I'm at a phase where things are going to the next level, and unfortunately, I don't have too much time to continue doing the content. So I'm looking at outsourcing that as much as I can, but without losing the authenticity Mm. of our branding.
0: But when you started, obviously there's no funds to hire anyone, so it's all about you.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I try to keep as much as I could to invest in products for when I had the store. Um,
0: So tell me about the store. So I didn't realize the store was from day one. That that's normally you know you build an audience and then at a store as a way to make money, but you had the store from the beginning. So, to me, that's really daunting, finding product, e-commerce, you not, not on top of that, building an actual audience to sell things to. So, you're kind of doing yeah. two things at once. Can you can you explain how that all came to be?
1: Well, I didn't have the products until probably six months into it. So, initially, I just, um, while I was going through the Nice program, um, I had already had about a year and a half of, of notes I guess of what I want the website to look like how I want to feel um the reason why I'm starting it up and and what it would eventually become when it became massive um and so I started my Instagram in about July 2013 because my first thought was just like what you said I thought well if I need someone to sell to because if not, it would just be my mum buying from me, and that's depressing. <laughs> and so I set up my Instagram, and I had been on Instagram for a year prior, and I had been – because I knew I was going to do Skinny Kitchen a year prior, I just thought I need to learn how to be good at this. Um, and because I saw that Instagram was a great platform, but no one had thought of it to use – like, to thought to use it as a business at that point in time. Um, like at that point in time, it was just for selfies, I guess, and yeah. food pictures. And so, um, yeah, so a year prior, I tried to be, I was on Instagram and I was trying my absolute best to grow an audience, but on my personal account. Mm. Um, and so it was it mostly selfies then, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, um, it was not after until, you know, when I started the Skinny Kitchen account that I realized that you can't. Have an Instagram account and expect it to be huge if you don't really have um, a reason why people should follow it. As in, if it's me taking selfies, like, who cares? But if it's something that benefits people on a daily basis, whatever it may be, um, people tend to follow causes and reasons why, if that makes sense. Mm
0: -hmm. So what was your cause?
1: Well, mine was that healthy... What is it? What do I say? You normally say um, to inspire. So it's to.
0: It's obviously healthy food because oh, I'm looking it, at it right it? now. You've got. Uh,
1: it is. It's, it's,
0: it's a lot. You're making me hungry when I look at your Instagram. For, it's for ins- it's instagram.com forward slash skinny kitchen for those <laughs> listening in. And it's. Yeah, it's making me very, very hungry right now. So it's it's obviously a lot of food.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's to inspire. And inspire creativity and abundance through healthy living. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. And so um, initially, like when you think of being healthy, you think of diet. So you think of garden salads and just mundane, boring food. My approach to health is that you can have it all. Like You can have pancakes. You can have muffins. You can have it all. You can just – but it's just the way that you make it. Rather than making it from flour and sugar and milk, you can make it from – Bananas and oats and honey, you know, and so it's just interchanging the ingredients. But, but you can have it all, and you can be satisfied by living a healthy life. And so that's where my approach to health is. And I wanted to promote that visually. And so if you're on my Instagram and you scroll all the way back down, it doesn't look so pretty. And so it, it's been an evolution of of how I want to present it. But that's always been the main the main thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and mm. how did you – let's stay with Instagram for a while. I still want to go back to your shop as well. But with Instagram, yeah. how did you – like that's an insane amount of followers in a, in a year, in six months, 100,000 in six months. Was there anything strategic or tactical? Did you get a lot of exposure points from other people or was it just people sharing your photos?
1: So it was both. It's more people tagging their friends and telling them to cook that for them. <laughs> so it's people being really cheeky. And so I got, And that's exactly what I wanted to create, you know, in my community environment. Um, I think the one thing that I relate it back to is just having a reason why and the way you're trying to show your brand in a visual way, mm-hmm. um, especially because Instagram is a visual platform. Um, initially growing my following, I started with hashtagging. Um, so you you are allowed a maximum of thirty hashtags on each post, and so I would have I would, I'd concentrate on like a main twenty ish,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then I'd leave ten to specify on that particular post. And so at that point in time, I was typing each and every one out every time I would post. But now what I do is I just copy and paste. Mm-hmm. I'd have my like normal twenty and copy and paste, and then you put it in the comments. And so what I tell anyone that asks me now is if they want to grow a following, just have those 20 and then, you know, add, you know, another 10 Mm -hmm. every time that you post, put it in the comments. And so if you're not like me, who tries to post like three or four times a day, you can just delete that comment, put the hashtags back on, and then it will bring your post to the top of the hashtag list and get more exposure.
0: And where do you source your photography from?
1: So with these, um, with most of my pictures, I collaborate with lots of authors um, who create those recipes. And so because Skinner Kitchen is purely a community-based business, and that's how I can I want to center it around, um, I have lots of different people who want to contribute to, I guess, the community. Um, and in that way, because there's only so much that I can cook and f- take photos of and, and everything. So I just thought a way to do it faster and also to uplift people who are actually passionate about what they're doing and who are doing it better, and maybe they might have you know 300 followers or so. It'd be great to put them in the spotlight and praise them for what they're doing and give them a bit of credit and give them exposure as well. Like I think, I think that's just what it' sh- how it should be. Um, so yeah, I use my platform to not only promote healthy living but promote those who um, are you know trying to get their their voice out as well.
0: Mm, okay, so even during the early days, you were. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Primarily, the growth came from very consistent hashtagging and oh. uh, and sourcing fantastic photographs, but from people not, as well as yourself making food, but other people making food, and they were posting on Instagram. And you sort of collected your favorites from other people. It's almost like um, repurp not uh, repurposing is another word for this. Um, uh, collating sort of everyone's best. Food pictures yes. and, and sharing it on yours. So you kind of yeah. benefited from that. Okay, that's interesting. It's, mm-hmm. It shows how much growth Instagram has gone through in recent couple of years, too. Just, to, uh, you know, that that's, I won't say that's it, but that is it. It's kind of how you've managed to grow to such a, a large following. Yeah, so, exactly.
1: And so, for example, I'd feature someone and then that person would be like, oh, I just got featured on Skinny Kitchen and share it with their people. And so within a day, I could have exposure of thousands of people when my personal account would have been only a couple of hundred or so, you know? Mm. Um, and then within that as well, there'd be people who would be tagging their friends saying, Oh, this is what I was talking about the other day of, you know, how to use this one product or, Hey, make this for me on the weekend. Instagram and social media is just generally just shareable. Like you just have to make it as shareable as possible. And so keeping that in mind, I try and share as much as I can. And then people share within that as well. So, Mm -hmm. I think that's been the the catalyst of my growth,
0: and and yeah, exactly. So with the growth, has the Instagram channel obviously been the number one traffic source to coming back to your blog? Is that right? Yes,
1: definitely. So,
0: and how do you do that? Just for people who kind of don't understand the connection, how do you bring a person back from an Instagram profile back to a blog to potentially become a customer too? Um,
1: so I wasn't doing it very well initially um but at the moment the way i'm doing it is um so all my posts pretty much all my posts are are food and and recipes and so i'll list the recipe and the ingredients and at the bottom i'll say um you can find these certain ingredients on my online store Um, please click in the bio for a direct link and so then people go to your the biography of your instagram profile and it just clicks directly to the store.
0: Okay, so I'm looking at a, what is this, a vegan hamburger right now. So it's got a wonderful yes. picture of a vegan hamburger. It's got the recipe uh, that to make it, and mm-hmm. it's got the person who came up with the, the recipe as well. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, actually, you don't have a link, I don't think, in this one to your own profile. Um,
1: Does it say visit my profile? Let me see. Profile?
0: Actually, you've got, you do say visit our health food store in the bio. Okay. So it's in your yep. bio for health ingredients yep. and express delivery. Haven't shopped with us before. Use the code newbie for $10 off your first order. Hashtag skinny kitchen. Okay. Hashtag skinny kitchen savory. Okay. So basically you're very like direct. You're saying buy this stuff at our store. So and I can see mm-hmm. how this works now because you've got a following. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something for someone else to be featured on your Instagram but during Mm -hmm. the early days when you didn't have a large audience I'm assuming the growth would have been a little bit slower because when you featured someone for them it was like well you're not not Skinny Kitchen is not big yet so it's not such a big deal for them to be on your Instagram is it a case of just slowly growing at the start featuring a few people adding a few Mm -hmm. hundred then a few hundred more then a few thousand Mm -hmm. and it sort of just compounds is that how the growth works
1: uh so initially I started just with hashtags um, and it was slow to an extent um, but like I said I'd actually at that point in time I couldn't repurpose those hashtags again and again um but I think it's after uh, probably around 2000 that's when people um, who I didn't feature at that point in time they would just say you know um, I'd love your account I'd love to um, feature you with you know my people because I think that they would love to know about you. I was hoping you would do the same for me. And so, you know, I'd look at their account and I'd be like, yeah, we have similar values and beliefs and so definitely why not?
0: Is there a and word so, for that? Like a phrase, Instagram swapping or something?
1: Uh, shout out.
0: Shout outs, okay.
1: Um, or sometimes if you're in your account, because um, it doesn't happen too much online, but it, in if you have a smaller account, people, people will refer to it as S for S. So SFS or S the number for S um share
0: for share is that it
1: yeah yeah i guess so (laughs) share for share
0: okay that's probably the Um, lingo
1: yeah exactly and so i would always like to talk to the person first and create a relationship um and so
2: yeah
0: and correct me if i'm wrong then as you get larger you can get more share-for-shares from other larger accounts. You kind of get to grow because they won't feature anyone unless you're sort of around the same size. Is that kind of what's happening?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and so, yeah, so that happened for a little while where you just, it was just a share-for-share share and it would be, for example, oh, I'll advertise you for an hour if you advertise me for an hour. But now um, those share-for-shares are now... If you get me five hundred followers, I'll get you five hundred followers. Ah,
0: and so, so quite, it's quite specific.
1: Yeah, it is, and so then you have to count it and and everything, um, and you have to be there monitoring. You know how many followers. It's a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> no so doubt. I'm actually not really too heavily involved in yeah. that anymore. Well, you're lucky because you're um,
0: you're big enough now that you can sort of decide what to do, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So.
0: All right. So that's fun. interesting. Thank you for the insight. I, I, I was always I curious. I know there's a lot of swapping going on with Instagram mm-hmm. accounts and I know a lot of people are making money from it as well. Let's yes. turn attention to your blog then. So your Instagram account grew quite rapidly. And can you take us back first to the setup of the shop um, and you know, how you su- supplied the uh, product? How you, Because uh, I'm assuming you don't have like, a garage full of all these products, do you?
1: I do. Okay, so you, this is awesome. Well, <laughs> it's currently like our rumpus room. Okay. Yeah. But initially it was, I had a um, a one bedroom apartment and it was, for a little while it just occupied one unit, like storage unit, not storage unit, like it's a shelf, mm-hmm. storage unit shelf.
0: <laughs> so you did, did you just buy product at wholesale? Is that how you did it?
1: Um, I tried to. Some I was able to and then some I would have to, Go overseas and buy it at like a discounted price, but it wasn't wholesale price.
0: Okay. So yeah, that, that's that probably been sense. a big job to begin with, sourcing product then.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And the thing with that is because I had a, a year and a half on Instagram, or I mean, I was on Instagram a year and a half, Skinny Kitchen I had six months on Instagram before we had the actual store live. Right. I had sort of seen what people were. Using the most or loving, um, and so I guess I did a bit of market research to know what would actually sell. Uh, and so I can—I only had three thousand dollars to start off with, which sounds like a lot, but when I saw what actually bought me, it was literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to make sure that I was literally betting on the right things.
0: So your Instagram account was almost like market research for you to find out what was popular.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So it served two purposes, which was awesome
0: okay so how did you set up the like the e-commerce part the the shopping cart on your your blog
1: so I went through themeforest.net and there's a billion um, themes on there and I just looked up a, a woocommerce theme that was that would do what I wanted to do and I could cater it to look like what I wanted it to look like um, it was mostly. What I wanted for it was obviously the the checkout cart system, um, but I wanted it to look clean and be simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just looked into the hundreds that were there and found one and set it up. It then, took me a few days, but I got there in the end.
0: And then you put the products into the, the database, right? That's simple as that. And then they're live and ready to go. Is that how it works?
1: Yes, yeah, so I had to take photos of all my um, products because... You're not allowed to repurpose other people's photos. Right. Um, so I took photos of everything, I put it up, put the amount up, um, hooked up my PayPal to it, and just put it up live and promoted it to my Instagram account and and then we're off.
0: Okay. How did how did you go with that first promotion? Did you how many sales did you make? It must have been exciting.
1: It was. So at first for the first few minutes or the first few hours, I'm not sure if I got any sales and I was nervous because I thought oh my gosh how am I going to eat $3,000 worth of health food (laughs) like that was my worst case scenario I only thought about it when it was live um but I think I sold out in a day and a half so that went really well (laughs) (laughs) yeah well like I said it wasn't much products but it was a couple of thousand dollars that I made so yeah
0: and you bought more
1: Then I bought more product, but because I was capped with how much money I had, I sort of had to have everything out of stock for about a week until I could reorder and, um, well, because it was on PayPal, I had to wait for my PayPal money to come through. Then I could order, and then it was a week later that I had more stock, and then I'd promote to my Instagram account, hey, I'm sorry about last week. We, We sold out, but now we've got more stock.
0: And, and then we sold out again. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps repeating, right?
1: <laughs> yes. And by we I mean me, myself, and I. Yes. I keep using plural, sorry. <laughs>
0: That's right. Everyone does that. <laughs> okay, so how does how is this cycle going for you? Because I, I can imagine every time you do it, you're making more profit, but then you're reinvesting profit back into stock. And um, you know, how, how have you managed the growth? Are you like did, did it just continue like that pretty consistently? And has it continued like that consistently?
1: Um it has. Uh there are peaks in within the industry and so it would be going up and down but initially because I only had so much that I could work with it all seemed to sell out I'd have to re-restock re, um, and it'd be another week until I could sell again and so the first thing I did was I removed I well, didn't remove I added. Um, it's it called? Like a merchant ID and eWay, so I could get my money quicker.
0: All right. So no more PayPal. You took credit cards now.
1: Yes. Well, I've got PayPal on there because people prefer to use PayPal as well. But I, um, I put on the eWay, the merchant ID, which is like straight credit card from the website. Um, so I'd get my money the same day or the next day, and then I could just reorder as quickly as I could. Um. Yeah. Okay. And so. Yeah. So. Did I answer
0: that question? <laughs> yeah, you did. No, that's right. So it's it sounds very simple when you kind of recap what you've done. It's a, uh, your Instagram strategy, which worked really well and still works, grew your large audience, you had a, a blog obviously as the sort of basic platform where everything is kind of connected together, you set up the store, you found out what people wanted to buy thanks to the Instagram account. Put some yeah. product in there. Post to Instagram saying I got stuff for sale. Let's hope someone <laughs> buys it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough people bought it, and then that gave you money to buy more stock. And you've just been slowly kind of repeating that process, improving your systems, adding a credit card uh, payment processor. Where are you at today with this? Like, do you still kind of spend your time focusing on Instagram and and just finding stock and and selling product, or is there more to it than that now?
1: Oh, there's a lot more to it than now. Um, to it now. So. Because of my, I guess, my following, um, there are lots of brands that want to advertise with me. Okay. Um, And so we do that in different ways. And so it's usually in um, through social media campaigns, Um, but it's now venturing into blogging and um, I think we might be doing events and things now. So it's, and then um, I started to focus a little bit more on blogging and splitting up rather than just um, blogging on just random things. It's now, I'm now sort of creating like a, I guess like a digital publication. So it's, it is blogs, but it's not going to be written by me. It's going to be written mostly by, um, I guess professionals, um, who have, who have, who know what they're talking about and they can be a little bit more specific on certain topics. And so we're now writing on, um, what is it? Beauty, nutrition, fitness, wellness, and, lifestyle
0: this is all on the the skinny kitchen blog or is this another publication so on the
1: skinny kitchen blog so i've split the categories up so it's so you can then get more information on certain topics um
0: so you're basically running a magazine now with your blog
1: kind of so i've turned it so yeah it's a little bit more professional um and it's it's less about me and more about That's about me and what I think and what I've been doing. You know, it's not that side of things. It's more about information that people can take away, use and add value to their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got that. So that's that's almost like a little, little, I guess, like another revenue stream as to just the online store. And I have developed like a sort of five-year plan. And so I'm currently in the middle of doing lots of crazy things. And one of the things is I want to open up a store at the end of this year in Brisbane and so because it's probably 6 months away um next month I'm going to start doing um selling at the markets and just Which um, markets guess, by
0: the way I'm just curious.
1: Yeah of course I'm thinking well I'm going to definitely be going to the Rockley markets. Okay. But then I want to do the Jan Farmers Markets on Wednesdays. Um And I think they do a Sunday market as well.
0: Yes, I think at uh, New Farm.
1: Well, they used to do a Sunday market at New Farm. I'm not sure if they do anymore. Oh, really? They do it on Saturdays. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'm going out and I'm just, yeah.
0: We're having a very local conversation. No one else outside of Brisbane will have any clue what we're talking about. Yes, I'm so sorry. That's
1: right. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to go out and going to have like a little market stall and just go out and sort of, I guess um, put more focus on my Brisbane customer base so I can expand it and grow it so that when I do have my store, I don't have, once again, my mother just coming and buying from me. I've got people who actually want to come and see and see what we have and um, and visit us. And so with what I'm doing with Skinny Kitchen, it's not like a health food store. I, I promoted it as a health food store initially, but I, I'm trying to figure out where we lie in the market because It's not it's health foods, but we also have um, like sports supplements as well, and so we're somewhere in between where we're like a lifestyle store because health and fitness now go hand in hand. It's very rare that you can, um, or not very rare. It's it's becoming more of a trend, I guess. That if you're going to the gym, you're eating well. If you're eating well, you're doing some kind of physical activity, Um, and so that's sort of where I've seen a big success in what I've been doing because I haven't just focused on oh, health foods or sports supplements, I've just noticed that the my market uh, um, are a version of, like they're a mutation of, um, of both industries mm. in one. And I haven't seen anyone in Australia, at least, target that market, which seems to be quite a big market.
0: Okay. So, wow, yeah. so I'd love to know then what's sort of your typical day like? Because it does sound like you really want to separate yourself from the content production side of things, and you do like being, like you said, sitting on top and running the business but not working in the business so much. And Mm -hmm. I can feel that coming through in what you're talking about. Now you're talking about setting up stores, but I don't see you running them. You're running them at the blog, but you're no longer going to write Mm -hmm. for it. I can imagine the Instagram channel at some point is going to be completely handled by someone else as well. But since you're you're obviously not quite there yet, you're still kind of building all this. What do you currently yes. do today? Like, what did you what have you done? Well, you only just woken up today, but what did you do yesterday? <laughs> What's a day in the uh, life of uh, Mariana like?
1: Yeah, well, oh, it's crazy because I'm because I'm focusing on so many different channels. I have to, I guess, separate it in my mind and try and focus on one thing at one time. So I'm currently trying to organize all the market stuff, um, and I'm trying to just do a little bit of like writing as well but also trying to find some great writers who will be able to provide great content for anyone who goes to the blog and wants to you know know more about wellness or lifestyle and things like that um with instagram i personally run that myself because it's such a large audience i like i just I feel like it's almost like giving a bank account to someone else. Mm,
2: yeah. um,
1: it's just as easy to change a password and then I will never see it again. So at this point in time, it's just me running it. Um, and I have alarms that go off every single, like every, you know, few hours just to remind me to post something. Right. Um, yeah. And so my life kind of runs on alarms at the moment. Um, my Facebook page. So I've, made a strategy of what I wanted to like what new things I want to be posted and when um, and what recipes as well and so I have a virtual assistant who helps me run that and my Pinterest and so I have like a little strategy where I'll have secret boards on my Pinterest and I will pin recipes that I know my followers are going to love into that secret board and then she goes in and then she schedules it in Facebook, according to the layout that I've determined for her and according to the schedule that I've, um, I'm have i currently playing with at the moment because, you know, Facebook changes their rules and so you need to play their game. Mm-hmm. And so um, when they change, I try and change. And I'm currently fiddling with a few things to see how I can manipulate the engagement on there. Um, what else do I do? Yeah, just always on phone calls trying to organize things chase people up. Um, I'm currently changing freight companies. Um, that's been a nightmare. That's so anyone who deals with freight companies, I apologize in advance. It's going to be crazy
2: (laughs) because it's hard
1: to get the right price. And then when you get the right price and you're dealing with them, then some orders go missing or they don't get there on time or you put an authority to leave and then they don't leave it there and the customer gets angry at you. And so I do a lot of customer service as well. um, yeah, so I, I'm like um, an Indian god that has all those arms without being bosomless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: how I feel like every day. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's I can imagine it's pretty hectic. Um, that that growth period and you you have a lot of moving parts there. So, what yeah. I uh, just to sort of move towards the end of the interview here, right. Mariana, uh, thank you for sharing so much behind the scenes. Uh, for a person who's looking to replicate your success, uh. I'm trying to sort of kind of think what's been really crucial here. And it's pretty clear Instagram and the success you've had there has been the main driver for traffic and thus the main driver for customer sales. Um, And I don't know what you, how you feel regarding people starting an Instagram today and trying to kind of do what you're doing within their own subject area. But what would you advise someone who's kind of listened to you and, you know, six months to get to a hundred thousand followers, having a buyers as soon as you open up a store. These are incredibly, you know, quick results that I think a lot of people would be envious of. I know I would have been when I started as well. So, how how does someone new replicate, or how do you advise them to replicate that right now in the current marketplace?
1: Um, I would like. I think hashtags are king. So definitely create like about 20 hashtags that you would use on your posts within your industry. So for me, it was, you know, healthy eating, clean eating, healthy recipes and all those bits and pieces. Um, and then just keep reposting them every few hours or, you know, every day or a few hours, just so you don't have to pump out so much content, but you still get that following. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and you exactly. do recommend Instagram? Like, would you suggest everyone go there?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think there was a article today that came out from I think it was Smart Company, and they interviewed Jane Liu from Shopo, the the big. Um, she's got an online store, and she's going crazy with with it. Um, and she grew her business on Facebook. But because Facebook have changed their rules, and it's a lot harder to um, for your customers or for your, you know, for your followers to see all your content, she's sort of gravitated more to Instagram. And you know, she said that that's where it, the platforms at at the moment. And um, I agree as well because there's not so many rules. Well, there's not really many rules, or if any, on Instagram. And so it's mostly just about just leading people to your page and when you do have your facebook page you have to make it appealing for people to to want to follow you if that makes sense i mean it sounds pretty obvious but you know just say someone found you through a hashtag they'll look at your post and then they'll click on your name and look at your profile you have probably six posts your last six posts will be the first ones to show up and then obviously your name and your biography and everything And people make quick decisions. And so if they see that and they don't like it, they'll just click off and continue looking through the hashtag. But if you have something that's really appealing um, and very consistent with your brand, then they're going to want to follow you. And so that's where I found a lot of my success. So it wasn't just the hashtags. Hashtags is how you get found. But then you have to keep them and keep their interest as well. So you have to know what you're about and always keep providing them that content that they're there for
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so the easiest way to know what they're there for is just to ask them people are always so friendly and they'll let you know exactly what they like what they don't like um and it's just as easy as asking a question
0: do you think though that you know given that everyone's doing this now and it's going to become more and more crowded that mm. what's going to happen is similar to what happened to facebook people will migrate to pinterest next or whatever new platform comes or do you think because of the simplicity of Instagram, it's always going to be a a viable platform or will there be significant changes just based on your experience?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the day for, well, okay. So Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like social media king, he says marketers ruin everything and they do. (laughs) And so face, I mean, Instagram, it's great for now and it's been great for the last few years, but it will be ruined at some point in time, but then you just move on to the next platform, I guess. Um, And that's kind of, it sounds sucky, but it's just the way that it's gone. I mean, look at Facebook and Facebook own Instagram. um, And so they're, they're starting to now advertise, you know, bigger brands like Maya and target through face through Instagram and testing that platform out. So in a few years, it's going to be, it probably won't be as um, heavily, guidelined as facebook but it will be a little or definitely be a a lot more difficult Mm -hmm. um and then by then there'll probably be another social media it just depends on where your market is so my market tends to be on instagram and snapchat facebook is a little hard everyone's on facebook but to get to that to be to come up on their feed is a little harder um but, yeah, you just go where your, where your customers are.
0: And I did notice you are, have an email pop up uh, for your email list, which is mm-hmm. an asset that you can own. Like I've always been a big proponent of capturing email for this exact reason. If Facebook dies, if Instagram dies, you're going to own your email list at the end of the day. So is that mm-hmm. sort of in your mind? Is that why you're, you are clearly focusing on email a bit too, right?
1: Yeah, most definitely. I just think as much information as I can capture – to always be, I guess, um, you know, somewhere. So it's I've learned this thing from a friend um, His name is Jack DeLosa and he runs a company called The Entourage, um, which is business education. And so uh, one of the things that I've learned from him, which still stays in my mind, is recency and frequency. So if you can be in front of your customer the most frequently If you're the most recent and the most frequent, then you're always going to be at the top of their mind when they're going to buy from, you know, for example, me health foods, they want to buy health foods and I'm always recent and frequent, I'm going to be the first one in the mind for who to go to. Mm.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. So you basically try and capture as many contact points as you can so you can keep Showing up somewhere yeah. in their mind, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, like a stalker. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in a good way.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Fantastic, Mariana. Um, I just going to suggest to people listening in go check out skinnykitchen.com.au to see your store and your website, but also very importantly, to check out your Instagram, which is Instagram.com forward slash skinny kitchen. And you can see how you've, uh, well, what you do and how you send people back to your skinny kitchen website. And uh, that's that's a good introduction to what you do. And um, thank you for sharing all of that. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we, we sign off? Not
1: really. I feel like I've given my life story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we try and do with the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely. congratulations on the success. I, I no doubt you're going to keep growing. It sounds like you've got some kind of different goals there. I did not pick you going to having a physical presence as well i can see that's probably a bit of a a personal passion project not not just about the money i'm assuming so um you know that's interesting Yeah.
1: yeah well actually none of it's about the money i mean it's great to get paid but i have a massive vision for where i want it to go and so there's there's a lot of it's kind of like you know that um that image that you see of like an iceberg and you see like the tip of it over the water and then there's like this massive thing at the bottom that's basically skinny kitchen
0: and me right so there's oh. lots and lots
1: to come
0: okay well i'll keep my eye on it and know <laughs> that everyone listening in will as well good luck in the future thank, thank you th- and for everyone listening in if you want to grab uh, the show notes and the transcript and everything to go along with this podcast you can go to my blog entrepreneurs journey.com or just google my name yaro y-a-r-o you'll also find all the previous episodes there Thank you, Mariana. Thank you to all the listeners, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mariana, and you took away plenty of notes on Instagram and having an online store and selling physical products, as well as just being inspired by another young entrepreneur using social media and blogging to have success very rapidly. I'd just like to invite you again to go to interviewsclub.com, which will redirect you to the blog page where you can sign up for the EJ podcast newsletter. That means any future interviews I release like this one, you will receive an email notification as soon as it's released and you'll get it first. You'll also go on to a series of my very best interviews that I've handpicked to send to you. So you always have fresh new interviews from me to listen to. Just go to interviewsclub.com, enter your email to sign up, and you'll hear from me again very soon. Thanks for listening. My name is Yara Stark from the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. You know where to find me. I'll talk to you in the next interview. Goodbye.